Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football, football mashup podcast. What you're hearing in the background is my lovely wife doing dishes, but we are here with a great episode tonight where we talk about uh, the Euros and the knockout rounds as well as the uh, wonder of hashtag zero RB with Nick Schlein. So this week's episode is brought to you by the Anchor app as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group. Smith Workforce Management Group is for all of your HR and employment law needs. Check out smithworkforce.com. So let's get right to it with our first guest, Greg. Do I have you, Coach? Here on a wonderful uh, Wednesday, having got to finish up the uh, round-robin portion of the Euros. Are you are you just just brimming with excitement for the group stages that eliminated like seven teams out of the thirty two that are there? I sure did. Uh, I spent a good twenty minutes trying to figure out the third third place tiebreakers, but uh, it, that was so confusing. Hold on, why don't you break that down for those of us who uh, looked at it, realized that it was more than uh, a paragraph, and then moved on. Yeah, no, I still don't understand it, but we got to the point where the websites started reporting the brackets. <laughs> so now I know who's third place and who made it. Right, and and I think ultimately those tiebreakers were just like, make sure that Portugal, who's going to get third in Group F, is in the knockouts. Portugal like, actually got second. Uh, ah. Germany is third, and they also, but they also got to go through, so kind of the same point. Right, like like whatever the tiebreakers were, it was like, Yes, and also third place from Group F will be going through. Uh, yeah, because Germany actually lost their first two games and then uh, went no, yesterday. They beat. They beat. Um... No, wait, did yeah. they draw Hungary? They drew Hungary and they drew. Uh, they drew Hungary today. They drew Portugal and then they lost to France. 
Is that that can't be right? I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, so so looking back on the group stage that eliminated literally, I think I think it eliminated. I think like sixteens. Um, who? What? What's your what's your big takeaway? I mean, my big t- takeaway is uh, Italy is unbeatable. That's just ridiculous. It is. It is. We we joked on this podcast before the Euros that they hadn't lost in however many games, but now you can add three, and they haven't. They haven't really looked close. No. Uh, well, so th- okay. First off, Portugal four two. So ha! I knew I watched them kill somebody. Yeah. Um, and that because Ronaldo got a meaningless garbage goal because that is Ronaldo's specialty. Uh, it is. And then Italy's unbeaten streak, unbeaten, not winning streak, is up to right. 30 matches, which is still insane. I believe it. we've said before it's like November of like 2018 was the last time they lost an international match. Yeah. Um, so, and the closest they got was probably Wales because uh, Gareth missed a kind of a penalty goal well that i forgot about that he also missed one where it kind of like after the red card to his uh teammate it was in like the 86 86th minute or something uh he took a chip shot uh on the right side of the net and yep. he uh blasted it over the top and he was like five yards out which i mean yeah. not, i'm not saying it was an easy shot to make but he it those are the ones that he usually buries I mean, it's he. He's made a career of being an elite winger who buries that shot. Um. So so yeah. So I I think that that you look at you look at, at Italy and and in terms of how they've played, they've got to be the favorite. Um. But it's you know, France is still France, even if they've had a little bit of a rougher go of it than we expected. Right, and I mean, so that that group F two just looks strong. Uh, even yeah. with, when Germany's the the worst team uh, continuing out of that. Yeah they're, yeah. they're the worst team continuing out of it. And I mean, Germany's not what they once were, but they're still a very strong international squad. And that's not something that, or that's not somebody, you know, I would want to face if I was England. outside of England. England yes. is facing them. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to say England, but yes, England. <laughs> um, so, so I, I think that, that so far, you know, we we've seen the the teams that we expected to look strong have mostly looked strong, except for England, and we'll get to them in a second. Um, but I I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that um, there's there's got to be, and obviously it, it's born out of something something awful, but ultimately fine. I think that there's some some magic with Denmark. Oh. I, I'm, I'm I'm telling you, like because you know, thank thank the 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 Lord that um, Christian Eriksen's okay, apparently. Um, you know, he's out of the hospital. Uh, I think right. that there, there's like a win one for the Ericsson. Uh, I don't know what the, yeah, I don't know what the, the Danish the version Dane, of the, <laughs> the Danish equivalent of the Gipper. Gipperson? Um, I mean, maybe because they probably got the easiest draw, second easiest draw. Yeah. Uh, for the round of 16, because they're facing Wales and Wales is basically Gareth. Uh, maybe a little bit of Aaron Ramsey and, and prayer. Um, the only other one, and I, I apologize to our listeners from Ukraine. I've never <laughs> actually watched you guys play. I'm just assuming, based on what I know about the general layout of European soccer, you're the worst one going on. 
Uh, yes. But, uh, you know, to be fair, uh, there's also um, Czech Republic. So, you know. Yeah. Um, I watched them play, though, and they... I don't know, basically this entirely because I've watched Czech Republic play and not Ukraine play. So I'm yeah. giving the edge uh, <laughs> to the Czech Republic. All right. And I, I actually I actually really like Sweden, not because I think they're good. They're not. But um, as is tradition, and it's not the striker we thought it would be, but um, I, Isaac, Isaac, whatever their striker is, um, he's good. He had he had like a couple of times where I like I like looked up and I was like, what? Um and I, I don't know who he plays for domestically. I'm going to look it up, but he is, uh, he's exciting to watch. Probably and, Malmo. Uh, Sociedad. So, Sociedad in La Liga. Oh, Sociedad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, he's only like, he's 21. I think that this is like sort of a, uh, he, he doesn't have the swagger. You know, we need, we need him to get the Zlatan swagger. Uh, but if we could have just another 20 years of a, um, how can we put it nicely? Arrogant. Arrogant is probably the nicest way to describe Zlatan. God, god complex. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's even a god complex. I think he just thinks he's god. I think it, like Zlat, like if you ask Zlatan, like, do you have a god complex? He would be like, complex. Yeah, he'd be like, no, God has a Zlatan complex. <laughs> uh, they should they should just hire Zlatan, not for like any soccer related reasons. Just foul around the kid and just be like, no, 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 no. You are now greatest striker in the world. But it's, but it's, it's like, like, I don't even have the not, number nine shirt. No, 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 no. <laughs> you are greatest striker in the world. I've only scored 20 goals this year. No, 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 no. <laughs> you are greatest striker in the world. Because Lockdown has retired. So now you. So now, uh, although I, I think that the, the title is now open because Robert Lewandowski uh, is apparently Timo Werner. <laughs> That was really funny. Uh, watching Lewandowski pull Wallandowski uh, was really funny. He missed uh, like three, three, yeah, three. Well, two and a half. The third one was kind of just felt his feet and like he should have buried it. But uh, well, it's it's like it, the third one was like Lewandowski buries it. Any striker in the world other than him and and Holland and you know club Harry Kane, you're like, oh, that was a nice goal. Good job. Uh, for Timo Werner, it would be like, way to go, buddy. <laughs> you did it. Good job. Uh, Proud again, of you. Again, Timo Werner, longtime listener, we love you. Um, please score goals just one time. Actually, don't. It's fine. I don't, score I don't goals know. when you play uh, Arsenal. Yes. Yes. When you play Arsenal, score goals. When you play uh, either of the Manchesters, score goals. When you play Spurs, don't score goals. Uh, yeah, because Spurs are going to Spurs are going to need all the help they can get. Well, luckily, uh, literally any of our listeners uh, might be the coach. We uh, don't I've know. applied. I haven't uh, been back it, yet, but I've applied. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going to make some inquiries through my contacts in the. Uh, yeah, 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 Daniel Levy, longtime <laughs> listener. Uh, hire us. Hire us. We will do it. We will do it for uh, the low, low price of I don't know some kosher hot dogs. I guess you don't even need them to be kosher. Yeah, I mean, I'm on the record as being the willing to work for breakfast tacos. So, you know, Daniel Levy, hook us up. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Here, let's let's just split the middle ground. Instead of sausages, use the kosher hot dogs uh, as part of the egg potato mix in the Perfect. breakfast tacos. There you go. Perfect. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> breakfast tacos with so- or, uh, kosher hot dogs mixed in. Got it. Got it. All right. 
So okay, so let's let's talk about the uh, the bracket. We've we've made oblique reference, but um, so so uh, I'm going based on the Yahoo Sports list because that's what I have in front of me. Um, if you have the actual bracket in front of you, we can go based on your list. Uh, I do not. Uh, I don't oh. know if they've actually have they set the. Oh no! I also just clicked on the Yahoo one, so we're going with Yahoo. We're going with Yahoo. Uh, okay, cool, good stuff. Um, actually, hold on, I have an actual bracket. Neat. Okay, so um, so game one is in Sevilla, uh, Belgium and Portugal, which I think is probably the best match of the first of the first round. Looking through it, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm really excited about that because I think um, Belgian the Belgian defense. Um, is slow as shit. Two of the three have been were the Spurs center backs in like 2015, uh, in Alderweireld and Vertonghen, um, right. and they're still there. Uh, and so I think them chasing around Cristiano is going to be fascinating to watch. Um, but it's also uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the, the Portugal thing is interesting because. Uh, Bruno has been on the bench for I think half the games. Yeah, I I I don't know what happened. Is this like a Kareem Benzema situation? Like, did, oh, so did apparently he... <laughs> it's it's kind of some. Apparently, he has like a hard time playing next to Ronaldo. So, I mean, it makes uh, sense. They play in the same spots, you know. Like they they don't have the same quote position, but like in the same way that they like they need free reign in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, but I mean, at this point, Ronaldo's more of a traditional striker, right? And uh, Bruno's still kind of the creative type. I think I think it's it's that Cristiano, like, he really, really likes the ball at his feet. Um, like, no, he, really? No, no, but like, like in the way that like like Romelu Lukaku, um, he wants the ball to touch his feet as few times as possible before he shoots it. Yeah. Um, whereas I think like Cristiano still is like the type like. No, 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 I will have the ball at, at midfield and then I'm going to carry it and then I'm going to pass it to somebody who will immediately give it back to me and then I'll shoot. Right. Okay. Um, you know, like, so, so, like, sort of like what, what Harry Kane does for Spurs, where he's not like just up top waiting for somebody to get him the ball. Like, he comes back, he gets it, he interplays and links up and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think, I think Bruno also wants to play in that middle you know, like that center ish area above the, the center backs and below the midfielders. Um, so I can, I can, that totally makes sense to me that they would like great against each other. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of the job of a, of a manager to be like, Hey, this guy's world-class. Hey, this other guy is arguably the best player in the world, not named Messi. We should probably figure out a way to get them on the field at the same fucking time. Right. Well, I mean, you would think so, but you know, that doesn't always work out like that. Yeah, sure. But, um, so, but, but, you know, obviously Belgium going forward is, is as good as anybody. Um, you, you have to imagine at some point, uh, Adin Hazard, Eden Hazard, uh, Adin, Adin Hazard is, is yeah. going to do something loud because like, you don't have that much talent and I know that he's older, but like, you have to imagine he's going to do something memorable at some point. Yeah, I mean, well, so that they've got him and they've got uh, De Bruyne. Um, and also, did you know they have uh, the younger Hazard? Yeah, he plays for uh, Dortmund. Uh, I did. I found that out this, this tournament. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they're, I mean, their attack is pretty uh, world-class between, I, I'm not giving the younger Hazard that, that a role in that title yet, but you have KDB, you have Eden, and then you have... Uh, 
Romelu. So, like, they're going to be able to score. The question is whether or not their defense can hold up to the Portugal attack. Um, I, I don't think it will, but I think that it also doesn't matter because I think that they're scoring three. You know, I, I think that they'll, 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 they'll catch three on, on Portugal and it won't matter. Um, I don't really know what to deal. I don't really know how to feel about Portugal's defense because uh, on one hand. It should uh, be good. You, well, I mean, you would think so, and they just held France to two goals, which I mean is pretty good for France. One of but one then, of them, one of them was a penalty too. Uh, yes, correct. But but then I mean they let Germany run up on them. Um, but Portugal scored their goals, so both of their goals today were Ronaldo penalties, and I believe <laughs> one of the two at Germany was a Ronaldo penalty. So like. Yeah. If you give him a penalty, he's going to score. But if you just don't foul anybody in the box, you have a pretty good chance of winning. Well, I, I think that there's like a certain amount of like he creates penalties, right? Like when you're when you're as good as he is, like you get certain things. Now, the first one today was not that. The first thing today was um, Hugo Lloris, our, our lovely captain from Spurs, punched someone in the face. Um, so, you know. As long as uh, the Belgian keeper doesn't punch anybody in the face, you know, should avoid that. Um, but okay, so let's let's get a prediction. Who do who do you got going through? Belgium. Okay, same. All right. Uh, next game is Italy Austria. I don't need, think we need to discuss it. Italy's going to win probably two 0 Austria has a football team. Uh, not a good one. Uh, I, excuse you. They're in the knockout rounds of the Euros. Yeah, but like. So is everybody else who qualified for the Euros. I mean, yes, they are they are better than Armenia, but beyond that, wow, wow, <laughs> that's a low blow. Um, no, Austria. Look, Austria's good. I mean, they're they're they've got a couple of players on their on their side that are that are really really good players. Um, but Italy, Italy is not. No, I, Italy's I, winning that game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, the next game in this bracket is uh, France Switzerland. Yep. Um, I think we both have France, but I find, you know, maybe it was just because America played that friendly against Switzerland that I'm like sort of hyper aware of them at the moment, but I think they're good. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, I think it's more recency bias. I don't think they're bad per se, but I've somehow ended up watching like four Swiss matches in the last three weeks, month. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think we've seen a lot of them and um, I, I think they're good. I think they've got a lot of talent. I, I don't think that they have the talent that France has. And I think that, that, and and it's not even like, like France seemed to be a little bit sleepwalking, but they also had the the most difficult group and won it. So like, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, um, you know, people got mad at the, at the 97 bulls for not, or the 98 bulls for not winning 70 games. And it's like, yeah, but they were still the number one seed and they were still the best team in the league. Like it's fine. Also, when we were when we discussed France a couple weeks ago about the Kareem Benzema situation, I completely forgot to even mention um, Antoine Griezmann. Like they also have another—I don't know if you want to call him a world-class, you know, striker or whatever—but a very good striker on the bench. That that team is just like an embarrassment of riches right now. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, um, and it's it's most ridiculous because like even the the world-class players. Like you look at like, oh, well, N'Golo Conte can't play every minute. Ah, I see Paul Pogba is there. Excellent. Excellent. Right. Good, <laughs> good. good. Uh, okay. uh, they have to give Mbappe a rest at some point. Oh, cool. On comes Kareem Benzema. <laughs> Excellent. Good stuff, everybody. Thanks. 
Um, so we both think France are through there, yeah? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So the next game is, uh, is Croatia and Spain. Um, and Spain uh, were emphatic today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but two of those were own goals by the uh, other keeper. You mean you mean the guy who got paid off by the Spanish mafia? <laughs> yes, I do. Or by the king? Or by the king. Uh, let us not forget, Spain, Spain in, in many of our listeners' lifetimes, uh, had a, a military dictatorship. So, you know. How old do you think our average listener is? I, I actually know, and it's not old enough to remember the Franco era. There you um, go. But in, in some of our listeners, one definitely one of our listeners... Uh, lifetime. Francisco Franco was alive uh, and running stuff in Spain. Um, in terms of Croatia, I think Croatia is really good. And I think that they, um, as long as they have Luka Modric, I think that they have a shot against anybody um, because he's really freaking good. Um, also, uh, I think it was today. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. He, be- he became the oldest Croatian player to score in the Euros after earlier in his career becoming the youngest player, yep. which I think is pretty neat and also sort of an indictment of Croatian football, but whatever. Um, so who do you, who do you got there? Do you have? A... I, w- I want Spain to get through, but it's I mean it's Croatia. Yeah, I think they I were, think you're... they were foul foul up runner ups runners up uh, two three years ago. I mean Luka Modric is still there. They're still a very good team, uh, and I've watched Spain kind of a lot. And if the if the opposing goalie isn't gonna just knock shots in for them, uh, they don't. They kind of have a scoring problem. I watched uh, what's his face, Murata, miss. I think I've watched him miss three penalties already this year. Or definitely the, two. The the one this morning was egregious. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> like if 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 I hadn't been like paying attention, I would have been like, why am I watching USL League One? Like yeah, what, what, what am I doing? It was he, uh, he's got he's got to be on his own head. Like they they might <laughs> they might need to switch to a different taker pretty soon. Yeah, probably. Although it probably won't matter against Croatia. Um, so we, we both have Croatia going through. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I think we yeah we don't have to do the the next round before our next episode. All right. Um. So and then the bottom of the bracket we go uh, Wales Denmark. So the that's um. Spurs fans, pay attention. That's Gareth Bale v. Uh, Pierre Hoybier. Uh And in that one, I think I think we got to go with Denmark just because of the magic of the whole situation. Yeah, I also want I want Wales to go through, but Denmark's the better team. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I I love Gareth Bale like my own son who's older than me. Um, but I think he's is he older than me? He must be. He's definitely older than you. I, you know, you say that, but it might just be because he, he, he loves golf. Like, golf's an old man game. I'm not sure. I think he's in his, I think he's older than 30. Okay, fair. Um, so we both are, are cheering for Wales. We both think it's going to be Denmark because Denmark is a better team. Um, but also because there's some, some other stuff going on there. Um, right. We've got uh, next game on the list, Netherlands, Czech Republic. Uh, Netherlands are going to win that one, I believe. Uh, again, <laughs> Czech Republic. I've watched, I believe, a match. You're you're not gonna win. It's gonna be the Netherlands. <laughs> it's gonna be the Netherlands, uh, formerly known as Holland. Again, due to a confusion over country versus state. Uh, so the so I, I want to leave England Germany for last because there's actual analysis to go into that one. Um, 
but Sweden, Ukraine, I think I, my, I'm, I'm choosing Sweden because of their striker, as previously mentioned. Um, and I don't know anybody who plays for Ukraine. I'm choosing Sweden because I have never watched a minute of Ukraine football. So Sweden, you're, Sweden, you win. Congratulations to the Swedish people who listened to this. Actually, there's, there was, there's somebody from the Netherlands who listened to our last episode. If you listen to this episode, please reach out. I, I want to know how you found us and why you're listening to us. On Twitter, uh, which is at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. See that that's that synergy you all pay so much for. Yeah, um, bringing it back around. <laughs> uh, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, I figure if we say your name enough, eventually you will find us. Uh, we love you. We do deeply love you. Uh, one of us is based in Los Angeles. I assume you have a house here that you forgot about. Um, if you ever want to come visit, you know we're we're happy to have you. Um, so anyways, so the, the, the final game that we're going to talk about in the, in the first round um, is England-Germany with all of the associated uh, political underpinning hatred and so on and so forth. Sean um, Rod- yes. Uh, so, so England, despite all the consternation, um, they haven't lost yet. Um, and despite everything, they, they, you know, they, they haven't played well, but how much of that is just because we, we get all of their crap um, in terms of media in America. So like all of the like upsetness from England fans we get, as opposed to, you know, the upsetness from other fans that we don't get because it's not English language media. Um, I can't understand it. Yeah. I mean, like, look, I am positive that there is a Clay Travis in France who said, you know, is saying that if only they had been a little more right wing, they would have won or something. Um, uh, Marine Le Pen. I'm pretty sure based on what I know about the French political landscape right now, most of France is Clay Travis. <laughs> Uh, Clay Travis, don't add us. Um, but so, so England, you know, they're, they're, they're not playing well, but they also haven't lost the game in nine. Um, they, they're not playing well, but they're not playing poorly. Um, and Germany, um, you know, aside from, aside from today's, today's sort of pussyfooting around with Hungary, like they've also played well, like they, they, they looked France in the eye in that first game, which was like a really like a get up game for everybody. Um, so as much as like we talk about like, oh, like our Germany, the same Germany, no, but they're still good and they're still a, a serious, a serious issue. So um, honestly, I think that that game comes down to whether or not the, the English wingers um, punish Germany's, Germany's fullbacks um, because Germany's fullbacks like to get North South. And if, if Sterling and whoever plays on that other wing, I guess Foden or Sancho, yeah. whoever actually plays, usually um, Foden. Uh, or, or I guess Rashford, um, if, if, if those three can punish those fullbacks uh, and cut in, you know, behind Kimmich, then I think, I think England wins. And if they can't, then I think England loses. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I, I think that that's like the straightforward answer. Um, but in terms of, of prediction, I don't know. What, but what, what do you think about the, uh, the game itself? Uh, well, first off, this is England, so you can't have Rashford and Sterling on the pitch at the same time. 
right uh, for <laughs> reasons. Do um, those reasons have anything to do with Brexit? Yep. Yes, roundabout way. Yeah, we can get there. We can, <laughs> we can, we can do that Wikipedia uh, trail if you want. Uh, it's not that hard. Uh, the guy in charge of selling Brexit was Nigel Farage. Nigel Farage is super racist. And yeah, so it's like four cuts, you can get there. <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, I think it's the same thing. I think the issue comes down to whether or not, the, and it's not just the wingers, I think it's the attack in general, whether or not they can uh, play well together, which I'm going to lump in Harry Kane with that one. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if they can play well, I think they've got it. I've watched, I think I've actually watched Germany the most so far this uh, tournament. And they're, I mean, even if they stared France in the eye, and they like whooped up on Portugal. Uh, they are imminently beatable. The the one Portuguese, the first Portuguese goal uh, was like 16 minutes into the match. I think Germany had dominated possession that entire time. It had been like 14 minutes in the uh, German attack zone, and then they just missed a counter, and Portugal came down, and it was like, like they didn't even mark. I think it was Bernardo Silva. Silva had the assist. He yeah. was open for. Like, and like no, yeah. he like stopped and looked up. Nobody was around him, so it's it's what we call in in a in American college like American college football. It's the type of camera frame where there's nobody else in the frame, and that's how you know somebody really fucked up. Um, and usually, if you zoom out just a little bit, you'll have a safety and a cornerback yelling at each other mid play. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to call that the uh, Alex Kirshner Memorial. Throw it here. Yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just. It was bad. So it, it's the question is whether or not England's attack can mesh well together and overcome uh, the not really that strong, if we're being honest here, German defense. Uh, well, uh, I think the last time that an, an English attack went against the German defense, uh, as long as they have an American, they'll, they'll be successful. Well, I think the last time that an American or an English attack went against the German defense, we lost half of Munich and all of Berlin. Yes, that is about correct. Although there there were some Russians involved in that second part. No, they didn't make the knockout stages. I looked. <laughs> Ukraine is here, though. Sorry, uh, Ukraine. Sorry, Ukraine. Don't uh, add us. You you just just to be clear here uh, for those of us keep, keeping track at home, Ukraine, Russia, not the same thing. Not the same thing. Despite what Vladimir Putin would have you believe. Uh, well, time listener, Vladimir Putin. Please don't add us. Uh, or or know who we are. We'd really prefer to go under the Putin radar, as it as it were. Um, what's up? What's up, Belarus? Uh, anyways, um, so so okay. So so with the with the German English game, what what's your prediction? England two one. England two one. Okay, I'm gonna go. Germany wins on penalties. Because it has to be the most, the most difficult and uh, awful thing for England, because that's the way that this this game works. So, all right. So we will uh, we'll check back in after round one. And uh, wait, hopefully... I don't know. Oh, can we discuss that real quick? I don't know if uh, do, does Germany have the better penalty. I mean, I know that obviously they have the better goalie, but yeah. um, I feel like England's got the better attack. Uh, let's see the German. The uh, who would who would be the the German takers? I mean, Leon Goretzka would be one of them. Probably uh, Ilke Gundogan. Gundogan, uh, Kai Havertz, Timo yep. Werner. Oh my God, they're gonna lose on penalties. Uh, yeah, they might. 
<laughs> like I was watching that, and I like we watch a lot. I watch a lot of more uh, EPL than anything else, and I only recognized a couple of a couple of names. Which again, again, in fairness, I <laughs> a lot of my knowledge comes from playing FIFA, and I haven't bought FIFA in like three years, so I know the 2018 German team very well. <laughs> Uh, and there's a, not a lot of overlap here. So now um, <laughs> I so I, I, mostly on not being overlapped. So they, and then just assuming they're going to be worse. Um, no, the, I mean, they, they should be all right. I mean, it's Sané, Nabry, Havertz, Werner, and Goretzka are probably the five. Um, if you can get all of them on the, on the field at the same time, um, Gunduan, Cruz, uh, I don't know. I think I think Neuer being just like infinitely better than Jordan Pickford would would give Germany the advantage because I Pe- doubt is Pickford even the starter right now. I think so. Is he not? I thought he got replaced, but I'm not positive on that. Um, I mean, I, I think that, that we eternally believe that that uh, Pickford got replaced because he should. Um, because all because, England believes that Pickford should be replaced. Yeah, I mean, well, let's see. In the in that last game, uh, no, he's. He is 100% the goalie. <laughs> well, all right. I was wrong. Um, yeah, he is 100% the goalie. So uh, that's right. Our friends in England, if we come down to penalties, you've got Jordan Pickford. Good luck. No, you've got Jordan Pickford. Good night, everybody. Thanks, Coach. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. Because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and, well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out? Completely free. Completely free. But they say nothing is free. Well, apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the Anchor app. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's like... You got to have some like super complicated studio or editing software, right? You know, I can't say that confidently, but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts, I'm fairly confident any moron can do it. Well, you know, any, any moron can do it because again, I do it. Now that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can, I can, I don't really know how to edit, but you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy you're just not that good at it it's all right and we when we say you we mean the royal you listener not just you asa uh or you greg right uh and not just you greg you greg but you greg greg who who i assume listens does do do we have confirmation that greg burhalter listens to the podcast we have confirmation that a greg listens to the podcast why do we need the second one i mean you certainly don't need an extra g no, that's just, Greg. that's incredibly wrong. Um, but, you know, people listen to our, our podcast and they, they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It, it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. <laughs> well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. What more do you need than those three? Right. Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What what do you want? Um, 
So here's here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pray, paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're, we're, we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So, do, do you want to do you want to do the call to action, or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So, dear for listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream. Nick, Hello. do I have you on the line? Yes. Welcome. How are you doing on this uh, lovely, uh, is it Wednesday? Wednesday afternoon. I'm great. How about yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm doing swimmingly. Um, so as I, as I mentioned in the intro, it is now what, what I used to refer to as Athlon season. You know, when the, when the, the magazines that I, used to, that I used to read all the time uh, become available. So it's time to talk fantasy football. Are you excited? I'm excited. I've been drafting some best ball teams. So it's not over yet. Already drafting, but yeah. I uh, I I saw I saw that that phrase going around. What what is best ball? Okay, so best ball is just um a format where you don't have to set your lineup. So whatever the best plays are after the week they go into your lineup and that is your starting lineup. So there's no like, Oh, I started Derek Henry and he got hurt in the first quarter and, you know, did great. You get the best score no matter what. So I, I assume that they're, they're referencing uh, golf where you're playing with a foursome of four people who are crap at golf and everybody just sort of plays the best shot after each one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, which is great for me because I don't know how to drive. Cannot hit a driver. And it's funny too because the big like the big zero RB debate in years for years now, but <laughs> um, big now online is um, it's about the name zero RB. It's like oh oh the 
then why do you have any running backs? <laughs> why why I, did you I, draft running backs? I love that because it like it assumes that fantasy football leagues operate according to like a positionless format where you're allowed to not have running backs on your team. Well, the real so the real reason there, that there's pushback is that people are drafting either one running back or two running backs in the first three rounds and not drafting one another one until the 10th round or maybe later. And then they're calling that zero running. They're, they're calling it modified zero running back, which is that, really pissing that just, off the haters. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like, like a normal drafting strategy. It's like, I, I would like my running backs early and then I'm going to wait for, for some late round flyers. Well, so the whole principle behind zero RB is not necessarily to not take running backs early. It totally can be. You can go full zero RB and not take a running back until after the sixth round. But really the, the premise, the real principle that it's built on is the running back dead zone, which is running backs drafted in the fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh round those typically do not hit Um, those running backs in that zone typically uh, are not going to end up as top 10 running backs so that in 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 this year not that you have a list in front of you but but that's like where you're talking about like the um the miles gaskins of the world so guys yeah miles gaskin who i don't hate the thing is is like i don't hate everybody in this range this mm-hmm. year right now um but like the big one is mike davis i think people think they're really getting away with something now when they're getting mike davis at the end of the fourth round start of the fifth round uh because he is the falcons starting running back as of today june whatever it is but um uh, you know <laughs> Who knows if Mike Davis is going to be the starting running back on the Falcons, um, yeah, even at week one. So right. I think he's he's like a good example um, of a guy who's just he's he he's just going there because he's the presumed starter. He's not really that good or even in a really good situation. So it's just like a starting running backs must go before the fourth round, regardless of the quality of that start. Well, right. That's the, and the other, so here's another one. And this is a guy people like a lot more than Mike Davis, even though they're kind of going in the same range is David Montgomery on the bears. So the bears had a super easy schedule at the end of the year. Tariq Cohen was hurt last year and um, you know, he just, he crushed it the last two months of the season, whatever it was. Um, but that's not going to happen again. Now he's still David Montgomery. He's still playing on the bears, but now the schedule is going to be harder. Um, Tariq Cohen is going to be back. You'd think. Um, and then uh, they signed Damian Williams who opted out of the season last year, but the last game he played, he should have been the super bowl MVP. Like right. people are people are drafting David Montgomery like these other two guys don't exist, and it's crazy. That's crazy to me. I would not be taking David Montgomery in the fourth round right now, 
but that's the point of 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 zero RB is that if David Montgomery is there in the eleventh round, like yeah, sure, why not? Well, who cares who's available in the eleventh round? I'm getting Damian Williams in the last round. I'm getting David Damian Williams in round eighteen, and right. the Bears haven't seen Damian Williams play yet. What if he plays and it's like, oh, he's way better than David Montgomery? Why are we even messing around with this? Like, there's a non-zero percent chance that that happens. Um, I know there's a there's a recent update on NBC Sports Edge about the Bears coaches saying that Montgomery is gonna is gonna do even better than his numbers last year, and it's like, okay, what did you expect? Do you expect them to say what I just said that his schedule <laughs> is gonna be worse and he's got competition for touches now? Like, no, they're not gonna say that. Of course, they're just gonna say, yeah, he'll do even better. Um, <laughs> like. It, it, it's like them, like like people coming out and expecting the Bears coaches to be like, uh, actually, we we got him in camp, and Andy Dalton is terrible. I'm sorry, we messed up, guys. Like, of course they're gonna say he's like, QB one until yeah, he's not. Of course not. they're gonna say we signed. Like, they're not gonna be like, oh yeah, we signed him for no reason, just in case something goes wrong with Fields. Like, no, <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna say that. But then the other thing is the the relationship with wide receivers is completely different wide receivers after the um it's after the third round that the top running backs um falls off for the fourth through sixth round then right from so basically from four through six and seven through ten running backs have the same chance of being a top ten running back so there's no real value gleaned from wasting a fourth round pick on a running back. When you no, get you're the wasting same your picks. Right. You're wasting right. your picks from round four through six. Um, and if you do that, you're going to be boxed out of the receivers because we haven't seen the hit rate for a top eight wide receiver completely drops off after round five or six. So so. So you in terms of in terms of you missed out on all the receivers now, so that you could get you know the 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 dartboard theory of Chris Carson or whatever. Well, yeah. So Chris Carson is actually going in the still in the third round now. Um, oh, is he? He's so like a lot of people are saying he's just being way overdrafted, but I don't hate it right now. Because I think Chris Carson's kind of good, and like the Seahawks love him for some reason, and also Rashad Penny is kind of in. There's not really. I I don't know that I've been more wrong on a running back coming out of college than Rashad Penny. I think like in the in the history of of my assessment of running backs, Rashad Penny, I was like, oh, that guy's going to be a killer, and he's just not much. So like this is part of the like the zero RB thing too, is that you're just betting on us not being smart. Like no one is smart. Nobody can know, Oh, this running back, like the difference between like Saquon Barkley and like another, like, and David Montgomery or something like you just want the guy who's healthy and like the number one back and like, maybe on a good team too. Like Saquon Barkley is a guy I'm never dry. Even before he was injured, 
I never was drafting him last year. Like, do people think the Giants are good? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, Saquon Barkley could be, like, I could watch his workout videos for days, but, like, I'm not drafting him like he's the number one. Like, why would anyone take him ahead of um, – I know this guy, Zeke Elliott, it's pretty gross um, <laughs> to talk about him right now, but <laughs> – <laughs> the Cowboys are way better than the Giants. I'd rather have the starting running back of the Cowboys than the Giants. I'd rather have Tony Pollard, I think, is better than Zeke Elliott. But I know he's not, right. you know, as long as Zeke Elliott is at the work this year. So, um, And it's also a question of, like, of, of, of value, right? Like, because if you're, if you're looking at Saquon Barkley, let's say you have the, the – fifth pick and any other four running backs, you know, that, that I would consider in the sort of the elite class um, in Henry Kamara, Cook and McCaffrey. Um, if you're at five and you're staring at Saquon Barkley or, you know, I guess Tyreek Hill, you know, you, you start getting into a question of like, okay, like what's the actual value here? So I don't mind that, you know, that's the perfect zero RB start is if you can get Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, in the first round, um, especially if you can get Ty- like I've done drafts where already where I get Tyreek with the fifth pick, it comes back in the second round. I take George Kittle, and then in the third round I take Patrick Mahomes. Now, I, I'm thinking I have possibly the best receiver, the best tight end, and uh, the best quarterback. So, so you're not you're not a. Uh... A diversification zealot like you're you're okay having Mahomes and Hill oh no no I want to have Mahomes and Hill you want to stack uh, ah. but the most important part like I would much rather you're never going to be able to do this because they'll both be gone um, it's more important to get the two pass catchers than it is to necessarily get the quarterback but you're never going to be able to get Hill and Kelsey just because they're both going in the first round right um, but so, yeah, I have teams where I have uh, Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes and Demarcus Robinson. I have teams where I have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Nicole Hardman. You know, I have – I, I want to stack the Chiefs because, look, if Patrick Mah- – you want to look at your team and say, um, you know, like, I don't have – not that many things have to happen for this to all go right. Like if, if Tyreek Hill is having a huge season, well, guess who's throwing him the ball and also probably having a huge season Mahomes. So right. it's like, Ooh, I just, you know, two birds with one stone right there. So that's the yep. other part of the zero RB thing is don't take any running. Like that's the other people screw up their zero RB teams by taking running backs too early because they get nervous and they're like, Oh no. I'm missing out on all the crappy running backs. And it's like, no, just keep pounding receiver because you're going to have basically you should be looking at the, your league rules and just being like, oh, we have two running backs, three wide receivers on a flex or two running backs, receivers, two flex, tight end, something like that. As long as you only yeah. have two running backs, you only have to play two running backs. I really only need one good running back at the draft, especially if it's um, a league where I can make ad drops and trades. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if I'm making, if it's a league where I can make ad drops and trades, there's no way I'm just leaving the like leaving the draft with um, like two top yeah. two of the top twenty running backs. Like I just don't need to do that. Um, right. So I can. And, I can get I think, one. Yeah, and ev- and every year it's like you know at the end of the draft you're going to be able to get you know if you want to have multiple running backs on your bench like you can probably get Zach Moss and Devin Singletary in the 10th and 11th rounds and then one of them is going to hit probably so this is a great uh strategy I was going to bring this up too in in um in leagues where you can make ad drops manageable leagues um a really good this all of these strategies work better in an auction an auction draft because you can just kind of target the guys you want in a draft um you're just at the mercy of where you're picking with the value um and you don't want to you don't want to kind of get away from the value and and just try to try to stack and and go you know like you end up with cooper cup and robert woods or something and then you take stafford too early like don't do that just to get (laughs) the quarterback because that's the least important part of the the stack like you want to just be like, like I have teams where I have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, but I don't have Kirk Cousins, and which is fine. Not, <laughs> which is totally fine. He's not even going to have that many good games. And really, when you think about it, he's going to be throwing the most in his bad games. If you if you remember last year, um, you know there was a game against Atlanta where I think he threw the first two passes of the game were interceptions by him and then you know and then the Vikings are just throwing for the whole rest of the game because they're losing yeah um, in in positive game scripts they're just going to be handing the ball off to Dalvin Cook so really the games where Cousins putting up yardage and t- and touchdowns he's probably going to have a couple interceptions as well it's what make up for those. you don't want to bank on that yeah <laughs> Um, so, so I guess like the, so the, the theory really is like, there are certain, there's, there's just significantly more value in, in, in a wide receiver tight end than there is in a running back outside of the top, whatever. So I guess the, the, the question for our, for our dear listeners is like, who's the last running back you would take early? You know, like once, once you're, you're out of the, let's say third round, you know, if, if so-and-so drops to, to two, you know, second or third round, who's the last guy you would take? Um, so the way I'm looking at it now, um, like the last kind of running backs that I, the last two guys that I like, I think are acceptable are, um, Chris Carson, like we already talked about Mm -hmm. and Deandre Swift. Okay. I think the market is overreacting to the Jamal Williams signing and some of the things that. Um, Anthony Lynn, the Lions offensive coordinator, has been saying, I just, Jamal Williams is not any good. And <laughs> I expect him, I, I am fine with taking Jamal Williams. In, I, have, I have more Jamal Williams than I do DeAndre Swift. Um, but, like, it's just because they're going to, everyone thinks that they're going to be using Jamal Williams and kind of dropping down a little bit um and then so so those two guys i would take at the end of the third round early fourth round those are fine guys in the second round that i 
am going to try and take are Antonio Gibson on the um, Twitter. Washington. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love Antonio Gibson this year. It's I, just... I have never seen Twitter coalesce around a random running back more than, than Twitter this offseason has coalesced around Antonio Gibson. It's, well, it's like every time the feed opens, it's like, what is the good news on Antonio Gibson? So there was a lot of hype last year, and he basically lived up to all of it. Um, you know, this guy was a wide receiver in college. Nobody thought he was going to be like a workhorse running back in the NFL. They thought he was going to be a pass catching back. And we got everything but the pass catching because (laughs) for some reason last year, they decided to use JD McKissick of all people. um, (laughs) Like six passes. Doesn't happen. Um, Gibson's going to have a a great season and he'll be going in the first. Thank me later. Thank all of, all of the nerds. Everybody's on him. It's not, Everybody's on Gibson. He's not a sleeper. Um, and then this other guy, yeah, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, he's the running back for the Chiefs. We've mentioned him on the show before. <laughs> Clyde edwards Delaire. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of reports about the Chiefs. Uh, him quite a bit in practice, and they're going to hang the running backs more. So, I mean, we gotta we gotta just take them at their word right now. I mean. The, the other that I do like is that people are down on him, not even really down on him uh, in terms of his average draft position, but just down on him generally. Uh, just as a person. He went pretty high last year. The hype, the hype train was out, out of control last year. Yeah. Um, but this is uh, a guy who was a first round pick and this is his second season after having a bad season. It seems like the going to try to justify uh this draft pick and they will they will get this man into the end zone a bunch of times (laughs) so just just for certain people to not get fired i mean it's (laughs) like we've talked about how they ran their roster and we we've made jokes about that pick before and yeah um patrick mahomes like allegedly they like let Patrick Mahomes make the pick, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, a lot of people have said, like, oh, yeah, Mahomes was just like, yeah, get me Edwards Hilaire. Like, the running back for the Chiefs, like, isn't very important. Like, there's even been camp stories. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say, I do I do have Jarek McKinnon on one of my teams with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, he, he's uh, possibly, possibly cutting into – to Clyde Edwards Hilaire's work, the third down, third down yeah. back, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, why not? I, I, I actually, I think I won a league with Jarek McKinnon once. That that when, when that year that Cook went down, and McKinnon like randomly went off for like six weeks. I think was like an RB one. Yeah, I didn't have. I, I mean, I remember picking him up that year, and then I've had him like every year since. Just like because <laughs> I'm a zero RB truther, so I just I'm. A, he was on the 49ers. They just use everybody. Yep. <laughs> so. Uh, so, so okay. So, last last question before I let you go. Um, I'm going to give you a name, and you say you say you know, pick him up in the in the 14th round or or don't. And and I think he'll be there. But Kenneth Gainwell, how do you feel about him? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I 
Like, I don't I'm love just, it. Just... I don't love it for this season. Like, I'll give you the guy who I love. Um, but uh, Gainwell, like, I'm just not really seeing the path for him. Like, Miles Sanders is still there. They brought in Carrion Johnson, um, who, by the way, is apparently terrific at pass blocking. So he's going to play some third downs. Um, Gainwell... So he... Gainwell was selected in the third or fourth round. It's not, um, you know, that's that, that's good, but it's not like, oh. It's not an investment to the point where we need to justify ourselves. Yeah. But that can go both ways. Like, I look at uh, a different guy, and I'll, I'll justify it the other way. But I'll bring him up in a second. But, yeah, uh, the Philly, like, they never – I mean, I know this is what – they never uh, – they have a new coach, but – they don't really uh, like commit to one guy. So he just like, he feels like Kenneth Gainwell. He feels very like Wendell Smallwood to me. <laughs> and, like, That's a great shout. That's a great yeah. shout. Wendell Smallwood. Yeah. yeah. Wendell Smallwood or like Josh Adams. Like he just seems like one of those guys that like, he's going to have a big week and maybe be like the waiver wire guy. But like, I don't like, that's another guy maybe consider if he falls into the fourth round is Miles Sanders. Sure. Because he, he appears to be the guy. Yeah. I mean, well, again, I don't want to be drafting Miles Sanders as the guy. Um, but like, if, yeah, if you already have Tyree Hill and, and, um, and George Kittle and Lamar Jackson conceptually, then sure. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I can see taking a shot. Well, that's the thing is, like, so he's going in the fourth. I'd rather take, like, Travis Etienne in the fifth before before Urban says, oh, by the way, Etienne's the workhorse back now. I just decided. Sorry, James. Um, sorry, James Robinson. Yeah, sorry, James. James Robinson's <laughs> ADP makes no sense now. People are pretending uh, that Etienne, you know, like, is going to be only a receiver. It's ridiculous. You, you don't take Travis Etienne to be a, a slot receiver. He's a running no. back. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Um, so the rookie I like, kind of well, Ramondre Stevenson. Okay. Oklahoma, he he's on the Patriots now, and I'm basically thinking uh, there's a pretty good chance that Sony Michelle could be cut. So yeah. there, there was a lot of discussion about that. So do you, you actually think Michelle's done? Yeah, I just think, yeah. I mean, he was a first round pick a long time ago, but I, I don't, uh, I don't think he's. A... If he gets <laughs> cut, if he gets cut, I mean, we know um, the Patriots. You know, they're not going to have one guy be the be the guy. And remember another thing too. Uh, Rex Burkhead is gone as well. Really, if 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 Sony Michelle gets cut, the running back room is just Damian Harris, Ramondre, James White, James White, James White, nothing with uh, Cam Newton as the quarterback. He's not down. But it's but it's Mac Jones time. Well, so yeah. Did you see those highlights of Cam Newton not being able to throw the ball like accurately at all? 
Yeah, they they were going around. So for for our for our listeners, they were going around Twitter. Um, if if one comes into the feed again, I'll retweet it. Um, around the time that we post this, but uh, basically he looked like the opposite of a of a pro day. Like you know those pro days where it's like yes, but nobody's around you and anybody can make those throws in an, in an empty building. Cam Newton could not make those throws. <laughs> yeah, and Mac Jones was making them. Yeah. Like in the same, going through the same drills, Mac Jones was like killing it. So I don't know. I'm kind of, I have been drafting James White as if Cam Newton is not going to be playing 10 games, playing less than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, is with Stevenson. I like some of the rookie running backs. So if you're going to do like a, zero RB or an anchor RB anchor RB is when you take one in the first three rounds. And that's like your guy. Um, so that's like a, you know, if you have the first overall, you take Christian McCaffrey and then you go from there. Yeah. Which is exactly, I haven't got the first overall pick, but that's what I want to do um, is get McCaffrey. Hopefully it comes back and I can get either Kittle or Waller. I prefer Kittle. And sure. then, um, either DK Metcalf or Justin Jefferson. I prefer Metcalf. Um, he's fast. <clears throat> yeah, he's great. And and the the Seahawks have a new offensive coordinator uh, who's from the Wait, Rams. You're telling me that Brian Schottenheimer wasn't wasn't the guy to make them a pass heavy offense? That was the funniest thing. Was that <laughs> was was around the time when they fired uh, Schottenheimer and. And people were saying that it's because Pete Carroll is pissed that they tried to throw the ball. And he's, he's going to fire Schottenheimer to run the ball more. And it was like, that, no, that's that, actually impossible. That's an example of like, of, of occasionally like the discussion around coaches belies a lack of understanding of who those people are. Brian Schottenheimer has never looked at a situation and been like, I should pass the ball before I run it. Dude, dude, dude is a a like Big Ten Upper Midwest ISO inside zone play action pass guy forever. Yeah, I mean, you already had Wilson came out and told the athletic like the new playbook is like way more complex and everything. It's like, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, final question. Final question. With your last pick, who do you who do you advise our our people to take if if Ramondre Stevenson is off the board. What kicker do you want? What kicker? No. <laughs> no. Do not um, use draft capital on kickers, my friends. Yeah, no, I like, I, like I said, I like Stevenson and I like Damian Williams a lot. I think those are my favorite um, guys. Like, here, like, like, here's my, I'll give it away. I don't care. Um, like, my, my favorite team so far are the ones where I get, like Derek Henry or Dalvin Cook, like third or something, and sure. then and then I I take uh, probably four straight receivers, um, or maybe maybe take yeah yeah Henry then Kittle and then like four straight receivers, and then um, I really like Michael Carter on the Jets. I know uh, I mean, this kind of yes. goes against the, the zero RB thing because he's, <laughs> you are you are paying the highest ADP of a Jets running back when when Tevin Coleman is literally free. 
you can get Tevin <laughs> Coleman. He's another. If you don't get Michael Carter, take take Tevin Coleman with your last pick. Or better yet, if you're in a league where you can do add drops, just take both of them. <laughs> then you have like I'm high on the Jets, um, higher than than consensus on the Jets this year. I think people don't think they're going to be any good. They don't like Zach Wilson. Um, I think I think they could be really good. Uh, I think like any any team going from Adam Gase to like I know I've made a lot of jokes about. Um, <laughs> Uh, how Robert Sala pro so will want to uh, establish the run, right? But like, it, there's there's like a difference between like ah yes, this guy sort of funny, blah blah blah, and Adam Gase because come on, <laughs> like we love Adam Gase, but come on, yeah. And I think their weapons like are a lot better than what additions of Elijah Moore in the draft and Corey Davis. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Corey Davis truther as well, so. Um, so I, I just like those weapons. And then, um, um, uh, Connor Hughes, the Jets beat writer in the athletic, he, I, my writer is making great plays in practice and he's running with the ones and all he has to do is beat out Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. <laughs> I, I just like, as much as I wanted to there's no way he'll beat out Tevin Coleman. I can get him in the last round. It's like, he's beating out Tevin Coleman. You guys like, uh, come wake on. up. <laughs> like Tevin Coleman sucks. Hello. So, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't news, my friends. Yeah. So like, I don't like, I don't mind uh, uh, that. And then, and then, I, and then the other back who, this guy I'm taking just his ADP just doesn't make any sense is Jay Connor. His ADP now five right now. You can get, you know, ninth, tenth round, whatever. Like, it makes no sense. He was brought in uh, on Arizona. It's him and Chase, Chase Edmonds. Edmonds. Yeah, Chase Edmonds' ADP is way higher. He's going in like the fifth or sixth round. And so, yeah, dear listeners, if if Chase Edmonds is going in the fifth round, let him. You don't need to be the one to pick him in the fifth round. It's okay. You well, just let him go. This isn't going to last, Asa, because <laughs> you like when you look at running back situations and you have an ambiguous backfield where it's like, oh, we don't know who the number one guy is. The guy who goes first is the guy everyone thinks is going to play on first and second down and get the goal line work. That's James Conner. Yeah. The, the pass catching guy will be – chase Edmonds I mean it's not that chase Edmonds is like that's so amazing like he's a better pass catcher than James Conner. it's not like James Conner can't do it like there's definitely a scenario where James Conner just like has the season that he had a couple years ago for the Steelers and, and crushes and he's going way too late so he's he's my uh most drafted player at this point okay so so uh to all of the people who are listening who are in a league with me don't take James Conner, please. I want to take him in the twelfth round. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> by the time, like, start start the draft now, because by the time we get to August, like, I think people will have corrected themselves on this, and that James Conner will be going higher. But yeah, like the best the best teams that I have so far, I think are are the ones where I got. 
an anchor RB. I got a guy like Derrick Henry, somebody who I think is going to be top 10 running back. And then I get Michael Carter and James Conner. And then, you know, sprinkle in some Ramondre Stevenson and, and Damian Williams. And it's like in best ball, you know, I, I don't have to decide who to start between Michael Carter and James Conner. I think if you combine those guys, then that should be good enough for like the RB two spot. And then, you know, really the, other guys are, the other guys are kind of lottery tickets. You're, you're betting on a few things happening there with, um, with Steve, Williams and, and with Williams and Stevenson. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously Williams, I, I'm not going to say that he has to beat out someone better than him. Um, Cause I don't think David, David Montgomery is better <laughs> than him, but he has to beat out someone that a lot of people think and perceive that he's better, <laughs> that is better than him. Right. Um, including so, possibly the coaches. Which isn't great, but you know, there, there is that scenario in which, um, you know, we all got fooled, the coaches included by, by a, by a, an easy, an easy schedule. You know, it, it happens. It, it, it feels like it happens every year. You know, I, I mean, just to stick with the bears running backs. I mean, we did this two years ago or three years ago with Jeremy Langford. Um, where he had, he had a great end to his rookie season and everybody's like, oh, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. And he was cut midway through the next season. You know? Yeah. You you just try not to overreact to games against the Jaguars and Lions. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, All right, Nick, thank you so much for explaining the the wonders of zero running back, zero RB. And uh, we'll see you next time. Zero RB, don't forget, is a lot like socialism. So I hope the uh, the FBI, I hope you're not on some kind of list. I hope you don't get an FBI visit, you know, just for talking (laughs) to me. Um, But I do, I did hear a couple of clicks. So I know that this line has been tapped. So Um, dear FBI, uh, we're not talking socialism. We're just talking about value propositions. It's actually capitalism. It's actually capitalism. Oh, yeah. It's a big (laughs) waste of money fantasy football (laughs) thanks so much nick all right see you special thank you to our guest nick uh as well as longtime guest slash co-host slash it's unclear what his role is in this entire operation but greg thanks um you can find us on twitter at tls underscore n underscore tds um we are talking football football uh whatever comes up probably more about the pistons in the next like week or two um we do not have an instagram but we are working on it special thank you to our sponsors the smith workforce management group and the anchor app um and thank you to you listeners please like subscribe give us five stars on apple Podcasts or spotify or google Podcasts or wherever you listen to us um we uh we're excited about the rest of the summer gold cup coming up as well as uh summer camp for uh, football and all the fun that comes with that. So stick with us and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.